0: exodus chapter number three i don't want to take too long and uh but do want to give you what's on our heart thank you so much brother brooks and 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 sister for just they don't even know us and based on brother uh, welcome recommendation just met us at the airport friday handed us a vehicle and said have fun i didn't know us from adam we could have been terrorists from from god knows where but um I'm amazed at Christians and, and the believers and just, you know, just how God can put people together, amen, and, and uh, just a few minutes we got to talk to them, uh, just uh, enjoyed the fellowship, looking forward to today, and uh, again, I'll say more probably about our ministry tonight if the preacher will allow me to, and, uh, but just want to help you, but thank you so much when I called Brother Brooks, Brother Willett said, hey, if you want to go out there, we asked Nathan, we said, where do you want to go? Somewhere you want to go, but it's got to be affordable. I, again, I still don't have support coming in and, and uh, not a lot, and I, I don't have a salary. Someone asked me, they said, Well, what? someone asked me the other day, said, Well, what are you? Are you an, a missionary, evangelist? Or? I said, I'm unemployed. That's what I am. <laughs> and uh, so I said, Son, you know, we got to pray. He said, Well, I've never seen out West. I said, well, I got to see if there's even a church out there, and then I got to see if I can even afford it. And, and your pastor has been so gracious and kind, and I appreciate it. And it's already, we just Saturday, we uh, drove around and, and uh, went up to uh, Devil's Tower, I guess. And uh, just uh, when I, at the airport, your preacher said, you know, I said, what's some things to do? He said, well, there's Devil's Tower, but that's just a rock and uh, <laughs> just one monument. But we, we enjoyed it. We had a good time. Then drove on up just in the corner there of Montana to say we've been there. I know we've not been a lot of it, but we can at least say we were there. We bought a, a bag of chips and a drink there and then left. Amen. And so we were there. And uh, then come back down through Deadwood. We had a good day yesterday, and, and I appreciate your pastor's friendliness. And then church, thank you for the opportunity to be with you. I am a southerner preacher. If you, how many of y'all know Brother Willette and like his preaching? I hope all your hands are up. Great man of God, one of my heroes, has been a mentor in my life, and um, y'all pray for him. He's having a biopsy in the morning on a mass and a stroke to see if it's cancer or not and what they got to do, and he's really been struggling, so if you would, pray for him. Uh, But Brother Ouellette is a statesman when he preaches. He's an orator and just a tremendous preacher. I'm not, (laughs) okay? So just wanted to get that out of the way up front. I'm a southerner preacher. And you first in the two rows, y'all are in the splash zone, if you know what that is. So I will do my best to try to avoid you since you don't know me that well. Exodus chapter number three, we know the story of Moses, and I'm going to just skip some verses to get to my thought, uh, but give you enough of the Word of God for you to know where I'm going. Keep your Bible open, please. But God appears to Moses, and he's been 40 years in Egypt, uh, or in, in the desert after 40 years in Egypt, and God's going to use him, and God speaks to him in this burning bush. And I want you to notice in verse number 6. Moreover, this is the Lord speaking. He said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Shift on down in chapter number 3. In verse number 13, Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you. And they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am, has sent me unto you. And God said moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob hath sent me unto you. Look in verse 16. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say unto them, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob appeared unto me. In chapter number 4 and verse number 5, when God is giving Moses those signs to prove to Israel that he was sent from God, in verse 5 he said that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob hath appeared Unto thee Now I could go to other places chapter 6 verse 3 again he gives that same name and if we were to go to the New Testament you find again this name repeated in Matthew chapter 22 and verse 32 you find it in Mark chapter 12 verse 26. you find it in Luke chapter 20 verse 37. In Acts chapter 3 verse 13 and Acts chapter 7 verse 32 over and over and over God refers to himself and the Lord Jesus even in the New Testament referred back to God as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Now you say, preacher, that's wonderful. I remember when I was reading this in my devotions and the Lord pointed that out. And I thought, well, that's great. You know, that's what the Jews called him. That's what the Jews knew him by. That was a special name for the Jews. It's kind of what I've always had in my mind when he's called that. But I want you to go back. I purposely left out a part of a verse in verse 15 of Exodus chapter number 3. And notice after he gives his name, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me unto you. Watch what God says. This is my name forever. In other words, God said, and I don't know about you, but when God says forever, I think he means forever. So in 2022, God said, what I want you to understand is, though this was my name in the day of Moses, it's my name today. And then he makes another statement, not only is it his name forever, he said, this is my memorial unto all generations. Now, we're very familiar with what a memorial is. If you have a memorial service, you are remembering, you are honoring someone that has passed away, someone that's gone on before. And God said, here's what I want you to understand, because forever my name is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, forever to every generation. Notice he said, this is my memorial unto all generations, to Moses, to you, to to, to your kids, to their kids, to all the way forever, to ever generation, which means from the youngest to the oldest in here this morning God said I don't want you to forget I don't want you to lose sight of that though I may have many names I am the God of Abraham the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob why would God want us to remember that name why did God say of all the names pastor I can't find anywhere else in the Bible where any other name God said make sure you hold on to this one Make sure you remember this one. Make sure your children and your grandchildren know this one. But God said about this name, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, I want you to remember and know this name forever. I want to preach on that for just a few moments with the help of the Lord. I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Let's pray. Father, I love you today. And Lord, I'm so thankful for your grace and your goodness I'm thankful for the song service and for the reminder, God, that we have a God that cares and loves us. And, Lord, that the good times far outweigh the bad. And I want to thank you for the privilege of serving you. Thank you for this church, for this pastor. Thank you for their friendliness, their kindness, their hospitality already. But, God, we're not here for that now. We're here to preach the Word of God, and I need your help. Lord, this ain't just a service, this ain't just filling in, this pastor has done a great work here and I know he could do a much better job, but you've put me in this place, so I pray you use me, anoint me, and God, I pray souls would be saved, I pray saints would be encouraged, and lives would be changed through the services today. God, meet with us, use your word to speak to our hearts now, in Jesus' name, amen, Amen. and amen. I want you to notice some things about the name, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob and as I got to looking at this, I normally am very expositional in my preaching, which means you take a few verses and break down each part of that verse. That's normally my, my style. This is more subject-oriented, but still from the Word of God, because when I looked at this name, I said, okay, God, if, if I'm to remember that you're the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, then the only way that that name's going to make sense to me is to understand why you wanted us to know you're the God of Abraham. What was was it about Abraham that he wanted us to remember he's the God of? What was it about Isaac? What was it about Jacob? And as I broke those down, let me show you those three things and I'll be through. Notice, first of all, God said, I'm the God of Abraham. And I believe that shows us this morning that he's a God that directs the invisible and that deals with our faith. Amen. Amen. When you look at the life of Abraham, I was reading the verses this morning. When you look at the life of Abraham, God tells us in Romans and, and tells us in Hebrews that Abraham is someone we can pattern our faith after. He's the father of faith, not just to the Jews, but even to the Gentiles. He's a man of faith. When you look at Abraham's life, it's all about faith. God directed the invisible. Notice some areas he directed the life of Abraham in. He directed his walk. Abraham in Genesis chapter number twelve is uh, minding his own business, doing his own thing, living in his father's house, and God says, "I want to get. To, I want you to get up. I want you to leave. I want you to go to a land you've never seen, to a place you've never been, to a people that you don't know, and I'll direct you. You don't even know how to get there, but I'll lead you and I'll guide you, and I'm going to give it to you." Amen. And He uproots everything based on the Word of God. Now, can I tell you, I remember preaching several times, and uh, people would tell me, you know, well, I don't know the will of God, I'm just going to trust God, and, I, and I've made the foolishly the statement early in my Christian life, there are no Abrahams today. Well, God tested that back in 2020 when the Lord said, I want you to step away from your church. There was this little old problem, I don't know if y'all have heard of it, this little old blip on the radar called COVID that was just starting up at that time, and and, uh, and, and so, the end of March, beginning of April, I just got back from the Philippines, and the Lord made plain to me, You're done at Emmanuel. That was our church. I said, I sat down with a close friend, the man that took Brother Willette's church was actually preaching revival for me. Pastor, I sat him down in my office, and I said, JD, I need you to pray. But I feel like God said I'm done and it scares me to death because he ain't told me what I'm doing. He ain't told me where to go. He just told me I'm supposed to be done here and I don't know what's going on. And I said, I'm not going to make no sudden moves. And that very week we had to go to live stream service, not because the state told us to, but for testimony issues in our community and town and mountain people and, And and I said, so I got some time to pray about this thing, but I'm simply saying that sometimes God will look at us and say to us, I need you to trust me, and there's no evidence to look at. I don't know how you are. I don't mind doing something as long as I know the outcome. Is that not most of us? Um, I don't like losing. I never played a lot of games with with my church members because the competitive side come out and they would have lost respect for me as a pastor because if I'm playing you in a game, I'm cutting your throat, I'm doing whatever it takes, I'm not losing, I'm going to win. So sometimes my kids will say, you want to play Risk with us? Sure. I already know the outcome of that. I'm going to win. Can we play Monopoly? Absolutely. I've never lost. Because I play house rules. If I can cheat and you don't catch me, it's legal and I'm doing it. (laughs) Say, I wouldn't do that. You don't have to, but we do at our house, amen? (laughs) And so I'm just saying... uh, I don't mind doing something as long as I can see step one, step two, step three. There may be some faith involved, but when the Lord come to to come to me and said, I want you to step out completely by faith. I said, okay, God, our church takes good care of us. I mean, we wasn't rich. We weren't millionaires, but I didn't have to worry about where the bills were coming from. I didn't have to worry about my gas. I didn't have to worry about food on the table. I was able to pastor without worrying about the finances. Church, your pastor ought to be able to do do that someone help me it's free he didn't ask me to say that I don't get no extra love offering for it but I won't (laughs) object to it all right Uh, but I'm saying I was able to focus on the church and not worry about where the money was coming from it was a blessing and so the Lord says step down okay God I really don't want to move my parents out here I provide my parents I I've got children how am I going to live our bills I don't have any debt as far as other than vehicle payment and normal, I don't have any credit card debt and anything like that, but God, our bills are high. I got to have thousands of dollars a month just to live and we don't live high. Where's all that coming from? What am I doing? Why are you making me leave? Am I taking another church? What am I doing? God said, I'm not telling you. I just want you to step down and trust me. That's where Abraham was. Hebrews said it like this. Now faith is the evidence, substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. All I had when I walked away from my church was a promise from God that he gave me my devotions and gave my wife and her devotions the same morning that he was going to take care of us. I stepped out with no salary, no, not a dollar to my name other than just the the, the bit we had, No, no big savings, no retirement account, And I just said, okay, God, if this is what you want, that's what Abraham was. And I'm just saying, hey, this message was birthed in my heart really through that time that God is the God of Abraham. He's the God that directs the invisible. And I'm telling you, child of God, if there's a great sin amongst God's people in our day, I know there's many sins, but as I travel the country, I believe one of the greatest sins in the church today is a lack of faith in our God. We say we know we can do anything. We say we believe we can do anything until it's us. And then when a bill needs to be paid and we don't know where the money's coming from, we go to pieces. When that diagnosis comes that we don't want, we go to pieces. And I'm just telling you today, we serve a God that is still a God of faith. He directs the invisible and He expects His people. Listen, He directs us in our walk. Can I tell you, I don't want to, I don't have time to give the whole story, but can I just tell you today how that I still don't have the support that I need. I still, y'all remember when I said I stepped down? COVID, I my last Sunday was July the 19th we baptized seven that morning and uh, I preached a, a closing message my last act of pastor is I'd recommended a man and we voted him in hundred percent by private ballot that Sunday afternoon they had a fellowship for me we walked away July the 20th we started making our way to Michigan we get there the 21st no money in the bank no promise of support and we're right in the middle of COVID and there's no churches open. It's not like I can call preacher friends and say, hey, I need help. Because God had said, not only do I want you to move to Michigan, which I'm a southerner, we've never lived. Now I know, listen, Michigan says we're the Midwest. But when I live 60 miles, preacher from the Canadian line, that's the north to a southerner. Call it mid all you want. There ain't nothing mid or west about it. We're in north. And I said, Lord, what are we going to do? And God said, I don't want you to take any meetings. Even if they come available the first several months, you need to be a husband to your wife. You need to be a daddy to your kids. I'm the only pastor they've ever had. I'm the only pastor really she's ever had. She turned 18 May the 21st. We got married June the 3rd. And I just said we're celebrating 27 years this June 3rd. And I'm really the only pastor she's had. I'm the only pastor my kids have had. We've always lived in the South. This was a huge move for us. God said, you just focus. I said, Lord, how am I going to? God, you remember I got bills. And God said, trust me. What is it this morning that maybe God's been dealing with your heart about about just stepping out in faith and trusting me? Maybe the preacher's been preaching on, and I promise you, I don't know anything about any of you. Not, not He did not tell me one problem. As far as I know, everyone's doing great. I know that this is a great crowd for a Sunday morning in a lot of the churches I'm getting in. So I congratulate you on your faithfulness, but maybe he's been preached on tithe, and you say, Preacher, I'd like to, but how am I going to pay my bills? Can I tell you, you'll pay your bills better giving to God first than you will not giving to God. Can I tell you, in all this time, I said, God, I'll step down. I'll trust you. I asked two things of you. Never let me. I don't want to back up on my giving. I don't want to back up on my missions. Can I tell you, he's made sure I've not had to do either one of them. I'm telling you, you can trust God in your walk. Maybe he's pushing you to step out in faith and doing something in the church, being involved. Hey, there's a major problem. I mean, we've got inflation, gas prices. Look at at the country. And not enough cookies for VBS. That's a big deal. That's huge. Y'all need to get that settled today. Cookies for VBS, gas, inflation. Cookies for VBS goes to the top for her. Maybe there's some faith in your walk. Maybe you need. I don't have. Well, I'm not going to deal with this point. But if you notice the faith in Abraham's warfare, there's a story. I don't ever. I've never really heard anyone preach on it, but it's amazing. In Genesis 14, Lot and his family are taken captive by Chedulei Omar and three other nations. Four nations take on five nations: Sodom and Gomorrah and four other nations. And they defeat them to the place that they take all of their spoil. Now I don't know how many soldiers that that is. But would you think about that a minute? Four nations strong enough to conquer five nations. Abraham gets wind in Genesis 14 that Lot and his family has been taken. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 14 that Abraham had 318 trained servants in his house. And Abraham looks around says, well, God promised to take care of us. And it ain't God's will for Lot to be their captive. I got 318. I think we can take them. <laughs> what do you think about that? Four nations. I- I'm safe to say from everything I've read, minimum probably 10,000 soldiers on the other side. Now, we got some military people in here. It would not be normal thinking to say, I've got an army of 318 plus me, 319, 10,000 or who knows how many on that. Yeah, we're going to go to war. (laughs) Abraham never blinks. Abraham never flinches. And the best I can tell, Pastor, he never loses a soldier. He not only goes and fights. He takes, he whoops them. He beats all of them. Because you know what? 318 plus Abraham plus God is a majority compared to anyone on the other side. Abraham said, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I've got God and I'm just going to go for it. Can I tell you, many times in our life, in our warfare, we think we have to defend ourselves. We have to fight battles. We, Hey, listen, God's big enough to fight the battle. I'm saying... He's the God of Abraham. He's a God that directs the invisible. And, and he does that through faith. He does that in our walk, in his warfare, in his worship. But let me show you secondly, not only do I see he's the God of Abraham, but no, notice he's the God of Isaac. And that tells me not only is he a God that directs the invisible, that deals with our faith, but in Isaac he's a God that does the impossible. And that deals with the fantastic. Can I remind you of the story of Isaac? Isaac was supposed to have never been. Abraham's an old man. I'm not as old as Abraham. Nowhere near. But if my wife come to me and say, we're having another one at my age, I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> or I'm asking God to take me out now. I don't want to be 75 years old and the kid's still in the house. <laughs> I want grandkids. I've told my son that's married... Hey, where's the grandkids? I'm ready for them. He said, Dad, your recommendation all the years as pastor was a married couple needs to wait at least a year if God will let them to have kids. Forget that. I'm not pastor no more to what my children give me grandkids. Hey, listen to me. Abraham and Sarah are old. You know the story. And it's beyond, it's beyond science, it's beyond medicine, but. God did the impossible because God promised your seed is going to outnumber the sand. And if you could number the sand of the stars, you'll number your seed, Abraham. God did the impossible. And then the story of Isaac going up on the mountain, it's going to take a miracle. It's going to take something beyond what Abraham or Isaac can do. And yet God had a ram walking the other side of that mountain to make sure that Isaac would be taken care of. I'm just saying this morning, Listen to me. We've let the charismatics and wrong doctrine rob us of our belief that we serve a God that is still in the miracle-making business. He still does the impossible. He don't do it through a 1999 handkerchief and Dr. Popoff's spring water that I've seen advertising. all this other mess. But I'll tell you what he does. He answers prayer, and he works beyond your wildest dreams and mine. We serve a God that is in the impossible business. What do you need God to do in your life? That the world and the flesh and and the devil and even your own mind saying, that ain't gonna happen. That ain't gonna happen. God said, I want you to remember something. I'm the God of Isaac. Everything about Isaac's life is the impossible. It's a miracle working God. How he gets his bride, how he keeps his life, how he's born, the whole life of Isaac is about God supernaturally working. And can I tell you, church, in 2022, God is still in the miracle working business. And He's still looking for some people that will believe Him and trust Him. Not only walk by faith, but look for the unexpected. Hey, listen, I don't have the time to tell you all the miracles. We're living, we're having to live on the God of Isaac right now. I took this trip by the God of Isaac, because the Lord laid it on my heart all the way back with our daughters, what started the trend about taking one of our kids when they graduate or during their senior year at the end and just spending a few days with them before they head off and getting that one. When you got nine kids, you got people vying for your attention and and I just, just the Lord laid that on my heart and I said, God... I don't think you laid it on my heart when we were in good situation for me not to do it. When we're in a bad situation, I'm living on it now. And I'm just saying, he's the God of Isaac. We we moved. To, we, we knew he was going to move to Michigan right in the middle of COVID. You couldn't visit a house. You couldn't tour a house. And I had no money. Any of y'all in finance? A few. i sent it to at least two hands. Someone, call, I called my banker, and they. I got 800 and something credit score. I've always paid my bills. Try to do right by my finances. Always kept things in order. I've never been late on a payment, as far as I know, ever on anything. Got an excellent credit score. Called my finance, and said, "Look, God's told us to move to Michigan. I'm stepping down from pastoring. We gotta, we gotta buy a home. I need to get a loan. No problem, preacher. You got excellent credit. I said, wonderful. How much you need? I said, Well, I don't know, but I think we're gonna need about this much." They said, okay, uh, what's going to be your income? <laughs> um, yeah. uh, excuse me, Pastor Treadway. Um, well, I don't know because I don't have any right now. Um, wait a minute. You, you, you're stepping away and you have, no, but, but God's going to take care of me. And they said, well, what job are you going to have? I don't know why are you moving to Michigan? Because God said to. I don't care how much, and that person said they knew God, I don't care how much they, they they said, preacher, if I take this to the bank board and tell them we need to give you a loan of a couple hundred thousand dollars for you to buy a home big enough to put your family in with no income and no promise of income and no job, I'm going to get laughed out of the room and if they say, where's the evidence? I say, just tell them God said. That ain't going to work. Bunch of pagans. Not you two, (laughs) them. I said, "Well, what are we going to do?" So I I said, "Lord," and then they said, "If if some by miracle you get it, you're going to have to put 25 percent down." Okay, if I buy a home, two hundred thousand, which is not a lot of money for a doing enough home to house at that time. My son was in from college; he wasn't married yet. Ten people. Now I'm figuring in my head, 25 percent. That's fifty thousand dollars. I said, I ain't got $5,000. How am I going to put 50? Why am I borrowing money from you if I have 50000 I wouldn't need it. So you say, what'd you do, preacher? I gather my family day in and day out, a couple times a day. We each took a. I'm not being super spiritual. We literally took a day apiece and started fasting and praying. God, we need a house. Meanwhile, a Michigan brother, Willette, who is a landlord up there and owns a lot of houses, and 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 that's how he's uh, sustained himself and been able to be very good to the church, and and uh, and and. <laughs> And then Brother J.D. has uh, bought several homes and a real estate agent friend. We had about four or five people that knew the market looking everywhere. Couldn't find anything. Nothing. Oh, there was a few two bedrooms, three bedrooms for $150,000, 160000 $120,000. 2 bedrooms ain't working for us. And I said, Lord, what are we going to do? This was the end of March, April that I asked him to start looking and praying, Pastor. Now we're into the end of June and there's still nothing. I said, God, what are we going to do? And at the last possible moment, that God of Isaac showed up. I preach our summer preaching conference for First Baptist. I have as a pastor. We do Tuesday services. In fact, they start this week. Tuesday night service instead of Wednesday, bring a guest preacher in. I've preached that for the last how many ever years now and I still get to preach it. thank the Lord and and so my family and I come up in June to preach that, and the Lord told me when I got back, well, I always brought the whole family, and then when I got back on Saturday, that Sunday, the last Sunday of June, I was telling my church I was stepping down. We had no house. We'd been looking for everything, nothing. We had one to look at the week we were there, and I preached. It wasn't going to work. I said, Lord, what are we going to do? We're leaving Saturday morning, 6 o'clock in the morning. Friday evening, a house comes on the market, but it's not for rent. It's for sale. It's $219,000, and everything was going for a lot more than what they were posting. And and But the Lord said, go look at it. I called the real estate agent. They said, there's no way. It just got on the market tonight, and it, it, it'll be gone by tomorrow night. And they want 48-hour notice to look at it. And I said, I don't have 40-hour. God said to look at it. And long and short, she called me back. She's a Catholic. And she said, because I said, God said, She said, preacher, somehow, I don't know how, but I got the, got the chance for you to work. Look at it. We went and looked at it. I walked in the foyer. Pastor didn't even see anything else. God said, make a bid. I said, with what? So I made a bid. I got to hurry. I'm, oh, Lord, I don't ever preach this late. Listen to me. Long and short, I made a bid, $225,000. Lynn said, where's the money come from? I don't know. But God said, do it. And so the next day, there was, there was I forget how many other bids. Every one of them was pre-approved with Michigan lenders, financiers, money ready to go. Some of the two or three bid more than we did. A few bid less. But it's Saturday evening about the time we got home back in Virginia. That night, the, the real estate agent called. She said, preacher, how am I to figure out when you say you're God sent just to trust you? I don't know how you did it, but they accepted your bid. We shouted. We squalled. We cried. It was everything we had prayed for. And I don't have time to tell you all that but then the reality hit me she said you got five business days to prove you can pay for this i said oh god help us i went to my study i always prayed in the morning early i got up at 4 30 or so went to the study that morning and during covid i had done that and I, i prayed by pew i walked our sanctuary and we got I had four, row, three rows of pews and I would pray for my pew and walk the sanctuary and started about 4.30 and most of that unfortunately I didn't pray the names but it was pretty much Brother Joe and Brother Sue God bless them and, and I went through my prayer time pretty quick and then I spent probably an hour pastor just begging God Lord you let us get you let us they, they approved us I don't even know how they said we could buy the house but we ain't got no money there's no finance company gonna touch me what are we gonna do? 6.30 in the morning, I finished praying. I walked into my study to get my message ready. My phone rang. It had to said, R.B. Willett, R.B. Willette never called me. It's 6.30 in the morning. On Sunday, much less, we usually talked in the afternoon or early days. I answered the phone. He said, hey, Brother Brian, this is Brother R.B. Willett. I'm in New York. I said, hey, preacher. He said, hey, did you find something when you was in Michigan last week? I said, I told him the story. I told you all with a lot more detail. And Brother Willette's very comical and he said, "Tell him you're paying cash for it." I said, "Preacher, funny, but I'm be honest with you. I know we're friends, but right now it's not the time to joke. I've been squalling, crying, begging God. I'm not in the best mood right now." And he said, "I'm not teasing." I said, "Brother R.B., I don't have two thousand dollars, much less two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. How am I going to buy that house?" He said, "Because Monday, when I get back, he said the Lord laid it on my heart last night and this morning." He said, I'm going to my bank. And he said, I've got an equity line big enough on my home. I'm going to take out the money on my equity line. And I'm going to give you a check. And he said, you're going to buy that house. And then we'll figure out you paying me back uh, monthly when you get up here. And just like that, we went from having nothing for months, not being able to find nothing, to not only being approved for a house. We I called that woman. And I called her right when she got out of mass Sunday morning. And I said, uh, look. I said, my God's worked again. And we she said, well, I said, we've got the house. She said, How you finance that I said, we're paying cash for? It. She about dropped her teeth. And she said, and I said, I said, I want to close in three weeks. Well, I'm moving July the 19th. I'll be there the 21st. I want to close the 22nd. She said, Preacher, that's unheard of. I said, That's what God said. She said, I ain't doubting you. By this time, this woman's a believer. And you know what? We closed July the 22nd. We got in there the 21st that night, stayed at a hotel one night, closed the next day. A hundred people from the church showed up, unloaded us, and we were in and done. I'm just saying, listen, church, I don't know what you're facing. I don't know how insurmountable the odds look. I don't know how impossible it looks, but my God is the God of Isaac. He's a God that does the impossible. Now I close with this, and it's quick. He's the God of Abraham. He directs the invisible. Do you believe that? He's the God of Isaac. He does the impossible. That deals with the fantastic. But he's the God of Jacob. Now I'll be honest with you. When I got to this one, I scratched my head, Pastor, and I said, God, you're messing up a good message. (laughs) I know you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes the Bible gets in the way of a good message. (laughs) I said, Lord, this is going real good in my notes. Jacob, you want me to remember you're the God of that good-for-nothing, sorry, complaining, whining, deceiving, worthless man? You want me to remember that? And God said, that's exactly right. See, because there's many times I don't feel much like an Abraham for God to be my God. And I don't feel many times like I'm an Isaac for God to do the miracles for me. But I relate to Jacob. Jacob. And God said, I want want you to remember I'm a God. I just don't deal with the invisible and deal with the impossible. I deal with the imperfect. I deal with the faults. I deal with the failures. And I'm the same God of Jacob that was a fall on his face type guy as I am Abraham who's one of the heroes of the faith. And I can't relate a whole lot to Abraham or Isaac. But church, can I tell you, I'm glad this morning he's the God of every failure. He's the God of every, listen every sinner. He's the God of every person that feels like they've done more wrong than they have right. I'm glad this morning he's my God. He's the God of Jacob. And there's people sitting in this place this morning. The devil and the flesh of the world's convinced you you can't serve God. Look at what you've done. You can't preach. Look at what you are. You couldn't be a Sunday school teacher. You can't be a soul winner. You can't be a faithful Christian. Look at this. Look at that. God said I want to remind you this morning. I'm not just the God of the great Abrahams and the great Isaacs. I'm the God of every sorry no good worthless person that may act like Jacob I'm still your God and you know what I found out as I got to studying God just did just as much in the life of Jacob he's even the God of insane brothers (laughs) he shook my hand this morning and said how are you I said good he said how are you he said I'm insane I said well I'm not (laughs) felt the connection with him right away amen Sane and sane. We're the insanity brothers. Right. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hey, listen to me. He's the God. You may be here this morning. You're not saved. you never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior. And you may be thinking God wouldn't want anything like me. Can I tell you, if he'll take Jacob, he'll take you. If he can help Jacob, he'll help you. If he'll save me, he'll save you. If he'll save, listen, this brother testified. I believe is of God. If God can do a work in his life, he can do a work in yours. And what I'm saying this morning is to every generation, to every person, God said, don't you forget I'm the God of Abraham I'm the God of Isaac but I'm the God of every Jacob let's bow our heads and close our eyes heads are bowed eyes are closed I want to ask you this morning have you forgot his name some are already coming the Lord dealt with your heart just slip out of the pew come on I'm for it Maybe you needed to be reminded this morning he's the God of Abraham. Maybe the Lord's been dealing with you in the matter of faith. Hey, folks, I'm there. I'd love to, I don't know how the end of the story is yet. I know what the end's going to be. God's going to take care of me. But I'm telling you, I need him as the God of Abraham right now in my life. I've needed him desperately in my finances and just making it to be the God of Isaac. And every now and then, quite a bit in my life, I need to be reminded he's the God of Jacob. I wonder if there'd be someone say, preacher, don't embarrass me. But if I died today, I'm not sure I know that God. I'm not sure that I would go to heaven. Don't embarrass me. But if I died today, I'm not 100% sure I'd go to heaven. Would you just slip your hand up this morning? I'm not going to come to you, call you out. But I do just want to pray for you. Would there be anyone like that this morning? I wonder how many would say, preacher, I'm saved. But I needed to be reminded this morning who my God is. And I just want you to pray for me. God knows the situation. Hands up all over. Father, thank you for these on the altar. The pastor knows his people and the temperature of the room to give the invitation a lot better than me. Thank you for liberty. Thank you for the kindness of your people to listen. God, I just want to say thank you that you are the God of Abraham. You're the God of Isaac. God, I've watched you do so many things in the last almost two years that blow me away. It shouldn't, but I'm so thankful I get to see you. That I'm so thankful you're the God of Jacob. And when I fail, which is often, and when I mess up, I'm glad you're still working on my half just as much as you are the Abrahams and the Isaacs of the world. Use the message today. Encourage hearts, touch every hand that went up. Relieve burdens and help some people Remember who you are today in Jesus' name. Preacher, you come.